It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. It's another crossover podcast here. I am Marcus Mosha of the Locked On Cowboys podcast here with Aaron Freeman from Locked On Falcons. Aaron, it is nice to see you again. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Marcus. Uh, looking forward to talking little Falcons Cowboys today. Yeah, so the last time the Cowboys and Falcons played, they played in one of the, I, I'm just going to say, one of the dumbest games that I can remember in recent memory. <laughs> I'm sure that you would agree. Uh, the Cowboys yeah. won 40 to 39 in the game. They absolutely should not have won. But why do the Cowboys and Falcons play in such odd games? I don't know. I, I just don't know. I guess it's because they're two teams that don't see each other all that much. So I guess they save up all the weirdness for each other when they do get the chance to, to go head to head. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of questions about this Falcons team. We're just going to just kind of dive right into it. So and I want to start with Cal Permanently. He stepped away because of some mental health issues. Um, I think it's fantastic that he was able to do so. We saw last year, I think actually the best thing that came out of that Cowboy Falcon game was the conversation that Dak Prescott and Hayden Hurst had after the game talking about mental health and all the great things that they were able to do together kind of over the offseason and opening up conversations. So my question just for you, Aaron, is there any update on Calvin? Do we, we have any idea uh, what's going on there? Um, the, the biggest update is that the Falcons did put him on a non-football injury list last week, which means he's going to, it's treated similarly to the injured reserve. Uh, so if, and when he does return, it'll be after three weeks. And last week was the first of potentially three games that he'll return. So we know he'll be out for at least another two weeks, but beyond that, we don't really have any other updates. Uh, our thoughts go out to Calvin. We're just hoping that everything you know works out here and that he can get back onto the football field. Uh, so we love watching Calvin Ridley play. So uh, let's talk more about the Falcons. I, I'd like to talk about Matt Ryan because I don't know how this happened, but he's had one of the quietest, best seasons in the league right now. Like since week three, his passer rating is like 106. Uh, I think he's playing really well. So what's the reason for this kind of resurgence from Matt Ryan? Yeah, a lot of it – or at least when it first started around week four, week five, a lot of that was Kyle Pitts, right? Those were some really monster games that Kyle Pitts had in the London game against the Jets, uh, in that week seven game against the Miami Dolphins. And the last week, particularly against New Orleans, Kyle Pitts had a relatively quiet performance uh, due to Marshawn Lattimore doing a pretty good job keeping him in check for most of that game. And then you saw the Falcons wide receivers step up really for the first time this season because it has not been great for that group. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley 
you know, prior to him stepping away, was not having the level of production that we were expecting for him. Russell Gage, their number two wide receiver, basically missed a bunch of weeks with an ankle injury. And then when he came back, uh, there were multiple games he's had where he had zero catches in those games and his replacements haven't been exactly great. But the Falcons got a big boost last week. You saw Gage, you saw Lamade Zaccheaus had two catches, two touchdown catches against the Saints. And Cordero Patterson has provided a lot of boost, not only as a running back, but also as a receiver and had that big catch at the end of that New Orleans Saints game that helped set up the game-winning field goal for the Falcons. So a, a lot of it with Matt Ryan is he's getting much more comfortable in the system. The, the playmakers, when they step up and, and give him reliable options, we know given Matt Ryan's history, that when you give him weapons to throw to, whether it's Roddy White or Tony Gonzalez or Julio Jones, he can get the ball to those guys. And that was really the thing, I think, holding back the Falcons in those first couple of games. But now the last couple of weeks, they're getting a lot more contributions from those playmakers. All right. So you mentioned Cordero Patterson. I think he's one of the coolest stories in the NFL this year, you know, playing running back, playing receiver and just being super productive. How have the Falcons figured out how to use him correctly when really no other team has ever figured it out before? Yeah, it's funny because like the Falcons aren't doing anything like especially creative when it comes to Cordero Patterson. Mm -hmm. It's basically like particularly early in the season. It was just like check the ball down to Cordero Patterson and let him make a play. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and just get the ball in his hands and, and let him do his thing. And that's been a lot of it. And, you know, these last couple of weeks, they've gotten a couple of big plays on some vertical throws down the field. Uh, you saw that big one against the Saints last week. So they're they're being creative in terms of u- utilizing him not only as just a running back and a pass catcher out of the backfield, uh, but, you know, splitting him out wide, utilizing him in the slot uh, and as an outside stretch wide receiver. But it's not like rocket science. It's not like the Falcons are doing, you know, crazy creative things with him. Right. It's just like run a screen here throw a check down here, you know, let him go deep on this play. That's basically sort of their their secret to their success. But it sounds so simple because it is, right? It's just like he's one of the best athletes in football. Get the ball in his hands and let him go make plays. I don't know why teams struggled so much with this before, but hey, kudos to Cordero Patterson because he's. I, I think he's kind of finally figured it out. Uh, he's playing two positions kind of, you know, really, really well. So it's just awesome to see now, I've got to ask you about Kyle Pitts. This is somebody that Cowboy fans were lusting over throughout the entire draft process. We talked about it on our show all the time. Like, should you go up and trade for Kyle Pitts? This is a generational tight end. You've watched him every single snap. How has he been so far as a rookie? He's been he's been really good. He's been as good as advertised. He hasn't necessarily had the dominant performances week in and week out. But when we've seen him play up to his ability, as I mentioned in those that Jets and, and Dolphins game, he was dominant in those games, being able to make plays all over the field. You see the one-handed highlight reel catches. You you see all the athleticism and talent that everybody was well aware of when he was coming out of Florida that made him uh, the, the first non-quarterback drafted in this past year's draft class. The last two weeks, he hasn't been as productive, probably much to the chagrin of fantasy owners. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is due to the, the the matchups that he has been facing these last a couple of games. 
going up against Stefan Gilmore in, in Carolina, and he did a really good job keeping him in check in that game. And then this past week against Marshawn Lattimore, uh, no offense to the Cowboys. I don't know if Tra- Trevon Diggs is, is on that level. Uh, I don't know if Keanu O'Neill is, is the, the type he's of guy. Not, at no, he's point. not. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Point, you know, there was a time when Keanu O'Neill, prior to his knee injuries, could have been considered a, a top-notch tight end eraser here in Atlanta, but I don't think he's that guy no. uh, anymore. So I, I think this is going to be an opportunity for Kyle Pitts to sort of get back to uh, you know putting up big numbers this week against Dallas. I think they're uh, a matchup that's ripe for that. Just an awesome player, though. Like he is going, he, he's going to be a superstar, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We're counting he, on he, it. He's unbelievable. Uh, all right, Aaron. So Falcons Twitter has been upset with me for a couple of years now, and I understand yeah. it. it's it's fine. Uh, so I did not have super nice things to say about AJ Terrell. Um, I thought the Falcons overdrafted him. I thought they should have drafted CD Lamb. Um, but I might be wrong. AJ Terrell's had a really nice year for the Falcons, correct? Yes, he has. And, um, you know, we're going to take that soundbite, uh, Marcus, and, and <laughs> plaster it all over the social media for the next couple of days. That's uh, fair. Hey, it's fair. <laughs> I might be wrong. Um, yeah, AJ Terrell's been outstanding this year. He's uh, been, you know, one of the better corners in the league when he's been asked to play man coverage. I think he's only given up one reception all year long in man coverage. Now, the Falcons don't play a ton of man coverage. That's yeah. not really their MO. But last week, they did play a lot of man coverage. I, I think some of that was owed to them not having as much fear over the Saints wide receivers as uh, they probably would have get going up this week against Dallas. So I, I don't expect them to play as much man coverage this week. But, you know, he's also been outstanding in zone coverage. Uh, you know, the Falcons cover two has been a disaster this season, but it, it seems like when teams take shots onto AJ Terrell's side of the field that in that cover two hole behind the corner and underneath the deep safety, he has made a number of plays in that regard. And, and that I think is a testament uh, to his ability. So he's been outstanding um, this season and, and certainly making it so various uh, hosts of locked on Cowboys podcast might have to go back and, and delete some tweets. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to delete it. Cause I, I, I got to just admit what I said. I thought it was a bad pick at the time. And I think with him playing, obviously at a pro bowl level at, at worst, um, it's certainly looking like the Falcons made the right choice there. So I actually want to talk about the other cornerback because I mean, Dallas is one of these teams that has a lot of weapons. So even if you have one co- good corner, they can kind of throw away from that. So what's the, the rest of the secondary look like for the Falcons this year? Yeah, you you imagine given where A.J. Terrell typically is parked on that left side of the Falcons defense, he'll probably line up quite a bit more against Amari Cooper. So we won't get as much as the C.D. Lamb versus A.J. Terrell matchup that I'm sure you in your uh, timeline is is yes. eager to see yeah. uh, to definitely you know go one way or the other on that debate. So the other corner has been Fabian Moreau, um, mm-hmm. who Cowboys fans are probably familiar with no from well. the days yep. in Washington. And he's been okay. You know, he, he's, he's been good at times. He's gotten a lot of flags. Uh, so I imagine it's going to be Moreau versus CeeDee Lamb a lot more in this matchup. Or, although we'll, I guess we'll find out if Michael Gallup's going to be back this week. And, and that will, I he's guess. planning on returning. I would be shocked if he doesn't play, which that means we'll probably see more CeeDee Lamb in the slot, which can be difficult to deal with because of his, you know, kind of size and speed. Yeah, and that, that is a very dangerous matchup for this Falcons team because they don't really have a slot corner right now. 
their starter in Isaiah Oliver is out for the season with a knee injury. And we saw Oliver kind of struggle in his few, few matchups against Lamb and Gallup last year when they played the Cowboys, but that was more as an outside corner. But his replacements have been basically a combination of rookie safety, Richie Grant, rookie corner, Avery Williams. And as of lately, it's been starting safety, Eric Harris, getting a lot of those slot snaps. And it doesn't matter who the Falcons put up. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to take full advantage of that. So uh, it will be good for your brand, Marcus, that uh, if CeeDee Lamb has a big week this week, just given I don't think the Falcons really have anybody on their roster that really matches up well uh, against him in the slot. So I think it is really the other two cornerback spots that you're worried about if you're the Falcons, like A.J. Terrell going up against Amari Cooper. um, You know, Cooper's probably going to get his, as he often does, but you you feel really – relatively good about that matchup that he can keep him contained but it's the Gallup versus Moreau it's the uh, Lamb versus whoever the Falcons put in the slot that's going to really I think cause the Falcons problems this week and it's too bad that Richie Grant has to play in the slot because it's not I mean he did it a little bit in college but that's not really his role right he's better off as a deep safety but I mean, as you mentioned, Atlanta kind of just doesn't have any options with Oliver going down. So, uh, all right, we're going to turn this around. Uh, Aaron's going to ask me some questions about the Cowboys as we continue to preview this matchup. This episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. So head to your local McDonald's today to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Just want to tell you guys quickly about Bet Online. It's the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we're continuing here on the Crossover Thursday. Here, myself, Aaron Freeman of Lockdown Falcons, Marcus Mosher, one half of the Lockdown Cowboys crew and you know talking about this Cowboys team I, I gotta ask you Marcus what happened last week against Denver I, I watched the game and still came away confused like all of a sudden it was it was six nothing then it was 19 nothing like what how how did Dallas lose this game yeah I mean Dallas just didn't play well like it's it, pretty like, that simple they dropped a ton of passes Dak played one of the worst games of his career he was missing guys that were wide open now you got to give credit to Denver like they forced the Cowboys to, to do different things on offense uh, they forced them to stop the run, and they didn't do it. But the Cowboys are just a much better team than what we saw on Sunday. And, Aaron, you know this. You watch the NFL all the time. Teams have stinker games, right? Like we saw the Saints blow out the Packers earlier this year. We saw the Buccaneers kind of lay an egg against the Saints last week or two weeks ago. So these kind of games happen, but it's more about can you come back? Can you be resilient? Can you not put two bad games on tape? I think the Cowboys just had a bad day and they're going to be fine long term. Now, 
one thing that I imagine contributed to their bad day this past Sunday was some of the concerns along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence Steele, who had been replacing Lyle Collins at right tackle for several weeks, had to make the switch to left tackle last week with Tyron Smith out of the lineup. I'm curious about Smith's status for this week because I think that could wind up, you know, aiding the Falcons if they can need as much help as they can possibly get. I don't know how Tyron Smith always misses these Falcon games, but it's becoming a disturbing trend, right? We remember in 2017 when Chaz Green played left tackle for the Cowboys because Tyron was hurt. Uh, The Adrian Claiborne game, that's all we had to say, and everybody knows exactly what we were talking about, right? Uh, Tyron was banged up last year in week two, so I don't expect him to play. He's dealing with bone spurs in his ankle right now. The Cowboys got this weird scheduling thing coming up where they play the Chiefs in Kansas City on Sunday. They play a Thursday Thanksgiving game against the Raiders and then another Thursday game against the Saints, which ends up being like three games in 12 days. I think the Cowboys are going to try to be patient with him here and not rush him back on the field. And you mentioned Terrence Steele. Played really well at right tackle, moved over to the left tackle and struggled. Gave up nine pressures. Uh, the Cowboys were forced to, to put a running back in the backfield to, to kind of help him out, and it still didn't always help. So it's going to be a problem. I mean, maybe you can tell me about this, Aaron. What does the pass rush look like for the Falcons this week? Because I don't think Dante Fowler is coming back, correct? Yeah, well, he he was designated to return, and we kind of need him to come back because yeah. he's the only edge rusher on this Falcon team that has a chance of, of taking advantage of that Terrence Steele matchup. So – his status is a little bit up in the air. Typically when the Falcons have had guys come back, they practice for a week and then come back and play the following week. But I think, you know, it makes sense for the Falcons to kind of fast track Dante Fowler and see if they can get him ready to play on Sunday, because they certainly going to need them if they're going to try to take advantage of that Terrence Steele matchup. So if it's not Fowler, who are the other guys on the edge that could make some plays here? Because last week against the Broncos, it's not like they had all world guys on the other side and they were still productive, right? They had a seventh round rookie who had like seven pressures in this game. So who do Cowboy fans need to keep an eye on in this one? Um, Ade Ogundeji is the Falcons fifth round rookie that uh, he has been relatively quiet these last couple of weeks having replaced Dante Fowler. Uh, but maybe this is the game he needs to sort of spark uh, mm-hmm. and, and show that, you know, some of the flashes that he showed earlier this season as a reserve off the bench. Steven Means has been their primary pass rusher as well. He's been the only one that's really been productive, but Steven Means is is kind of just a guy at this point in time in yeah. his career. And uh, the other one is James Vauders, who did have a big sack strip last week against New Orleans um, that was recovered by Steven Means that set up a, a Falcons touchdown and was probably – you know, in hindsight, given the Falcons' fourth quarter collapse, uh, was probably instrumental to the Falcons finding a way to win that game. Um, and, and so James Vauders is another option that if he can have a repeat of that success. But for the most part, you, you, you're, the Falcons' pass rush is the Grady Jarrett show, and yeah. it's, it's probably going to be him versus uh, Connor Williams, I imagine, as the, the pivotal matchup in the trenches for the Falcons. And that's where the Cowboys are strong, right? Tyler Biotis at center is probably their weakest player, but they've got Connor Williams, they've got Zach Martin. That'll be a fun matchup, but you would think it would favor Dallas, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, um, speaking of that battle in the trenches, how is Dallas's run game 
uh, going. Is mm-hmm. it something that they're going to lean on, or is this going to be a game given what we saw Dak do last year in the second half of that game? They're just going to basically decide we're going to pick apart this Falcons uh, pass attack uh, or a secondary. It's very hit or miss. It just kind of, kind of depends on the week. Um, I, the Cowboys would love to stay balanced and keep Atlanta on their heels, but they haven't always been able to do that. They really struggled to run the ball last week against Denver. Uh, against New England, they did not run the ball well. Uh, I mean, even against Minnesota, they had their problems. So it, it's a little bit dependent on the matchup. It's dependent on the, the front, but I would think Dallas would like to keep the, you know, keep running the ball, have 30 touches combined between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but they're not married to that either. Like if they see a clear weakness in Atlanta secondary, or they think that CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz are just going to have big games across the middle, they'll abandon the run to do that. So uh, again, I think you'll see early on in this game, the Cowboys use the rushing attack to just kind of get things going and then maybe go away from it if they you know continue to struggle. Now, we can't talk about a Falcons-Cowboys matchup without talking about the Cowboys defensive coordinator, former Falcons head coach. I know Dallas's defense uh, has performed very well for the most part this season. Did not look the case this past week against Denver. Are there concerns that, you know, some of the cracks are showing in this defense? What are some of the strengths of this Dan Quinn-led Cowboys defense? Yeah, I think Dan Quinn has always just – he's a defensive coordinator, right? Like he was a fine head coach for Atlanta for all those years, but he's just – he's one of these guys that's just destined to be a a high-end defensive coordinator for a long time. Like we've seen it like with Wade Phillips, right? Like Wade Phillips is the perfect example of that. Um, I think the best part about Dan Quinn's defense is they're aggressive and they play fast. And sometimes that'll lead to big plays. And we've seen Trevon Diggs give up some big ones in the, you know, in the secondary, but they're okay with that. If they can create turnovers over the last two weeks, they haven't done that. So if you're not creating turnovers and you're giving up big plays and you're allowing teams to run the ball on you, that's where it can get a little hairy, but I think the Cowboy fans and the Cowboys love to see an aggressive defense. And they know with their offense, usually if the Cowboys can score 30 points in offense and the defense can get a couple takeaways, that'll be enough. So uh, I still feel very optimistic about Dan Quinn long-term. I think his defense is pretty good. It's just not perfect because no defense is in the NFL. You can always get beat. uh, But I think they can make enough plays in in a lot of these games to win. Now, um, my last question for you, Marcus, is, you know, I'm looking at this bet online uh, spread and Cowboys are favored by nine points. That's too many, right? That I mean, it's way too many. These two teams, I, I think we both think Dallas is probably better. Mm-hmm. But nine points is too many. I think this is a line that should probably be six and a half, seven at most. Yeah, it feels like a backdoor cover for the Falcons. I, I think so. Dallas- I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if this is a field goal game or, you know, a, a one possession game late and it comes down to the final drive or, you know, the Cowboys needing to get a couple first downs just to finish out the game. Nine points is just too many, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like this is the week that Dallas's offense gets back on track after, you know, two down weeks where you had the Cooper Rush game, which you understandable would not expect Dallas's offense to be clicking. The last week against Denver, as you say, the 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 rough outing there and just uh, mm-hmm. having a bad week. I think this is probably a week going up against a, a pretty soft Falcons defense that you would expect Dallas at home, uh, given some of the the 
mismatches that they have, particularly on the outside, uh, given the fact that the Falcons up until last week could not stop the run to save their life this season. You know, this is the type of sort of rebound, bounce back, get right game that Dallas needs. Um, to me, the question with the Falcons is going to be, can the Falcons offense keep pace with this Dallas offense if they need to? And I, I feel like the Falcons should be able to put up some points against this Dallas team. And that is part of the reason why mm-hmm. I think you should feel real, relatively confident picking the Falcons to cover in this one. Although every time I've said that so far this season, it has not gone particularly that way. So we'll, we'll sort of see if the Falcons can live up to those expectations. Yeah, well, on the uh, Lockdown Cowboys podcast, I've picked against the Cowboys every single week except for last week. I finally did. I finally picked the Cowboys to win, and they got embarrassed. So I'm never doing that again. So I'm picking the Falcons to win there, Aaron. So there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I think it's going to be a good game, off. don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a blowout for Dallas. And I know a lot of people are predicting that, that they're going to come in and score 38 points, and it's going to be one of those games. But – I don't see that. Matt Ryan's too good of a quarterback to allow that happen. Uh, the Cowboys have some issues on defense they've got to solve. I think I think at the very worst, we're going to get a pretty close game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I expect Dallas to put 30 points on the board, but I think the Falcons can keep pace with that for the most part. I, I agree. Uh, well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the crossover podcast between the Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Falcons. Please, please, please check out Aaron's work. Uh, he does a fantastic job over at Locked on Falcons. I know that Falcon listeners aren't happy with me right now, and I get it. But please, go go check him out. Uh, you guys can check us out at Locked on Cowboys. You can check out my co-host, uh, Landon McCool, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Aaron, enjoy the game. I hope to talk to you soon, and we'll see you guys next time. Appreciate it, Marcus. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.